Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Occult Symbolism and Pop Culture. I am your host, Isaac Weishaupt. Today, we're going to discuss the movie called Pinocchio. Now, we're talking about the 2022 Netflix directed by Guillermo Guillermo del Toro and we're gonna the movie it's it's Illuminate Confirm 100 it's the the Luciferian Illuminati global religion they want for you your children it's where they want to take us and it's all displayed massive Revelation of the Method. Geppetto making a homunculus from maybe the blood sacrifice of his own son, Carlo. We don't know. We're going to cover these ideas. We're going to talk about the the sun god, the Osirian mysteries of Babylon with the dying and resurrecting god Osiris. We're going to talk about creating a magical homunculus from alchemy. And when we wrap up, we're going to talk about the not-so-secret message the director, Guillermo del Toro, had for all the parents out there. He revealed the truth in plain sight. But before we get into that film, we're going to talk about the 1940 animated Disney classic of Pinocchio. I watched that one too. I watched two Pinocchio films, right? Because I felt like after watching the 2022 film, I needed to watch the original. Now, if you can't tell... My voice sounds absolutely trashed, and that's because it is, but I am very excited because I want to get this show out there. That's why, and that's also, by the way, why I'm not doing the video because I'm constantly pausing this thing to clear my throat and take drinks and stuff, so anyway, that's why there's no video for this one. I'm not sick. I, I was drywalling all weekend, and you know, all that toxin and poison got in there and Trying to take your boy out. There's that Illuminati drywall trying to take me out. But it's not going to. The show must go on. I don't care. We're going to do this. Also, one more thing. Shout out to everyone who bought. You guys cleaned out my shirts on Gumroad. You went to gumroad.com backslash Isaac W. And you bought all my shirts. I got some smalls left. So if you're a small, get on there. Hell, I'll lower the price one more time just to get rid of them. I got like a couple more left. But all my shirts are cleaned out. I'm going to put an order in for the new logo, so stay tuned for that, of course. Okay, now let's get into it. That's enough of the uh, Grifter Alley segment. Let's move on. 
let's talk about the plot from the 1940 Disney Pinocchio. Inventor Geppetto creates a wooden marionette called Pinocchio. His wish for Pinocchio to be a real boy is unexpectedly granted by a fairy. The fairy assigns Jiminy Cricket to act as Pinocchio's conscious and keep him out of trouble. Jiminy is not too successful in this endeavor, and most of the film is spent with Pinocchio deep in trouble. Now, as you know, I grew up with no Disney in my life. I didn't watch any of it, except for Alice in Wonderland, which is very apropos for a conspiracy theorist. Now, Pinocchio, all I knew about this story was that when he lied, his nose would grow. So believe my shock when I watched this original Disney film and saw what transpired. I'm going to take 10 minutes to do a, a, a brief run-through of the original film. Plot spoilers, of course. I don't know if you haven't seen the... You've had 80 years. If you haven't seen it by now, you weren't going to. So let's go. Geppetto, he's making the puppets. He, he postulates. Wouldn't it be nice if Pinocchio was a real boy? And he manifested through magic, which is the Disney shtick, creating reality through magic, a very occult concept. And then there's a part where Jiminy Cricket, he's singing When You Wish Upon a Star. Geppetto sees one. He wishes on that star for Pinocchio to be a boy. Now, someone somewhere told me that the star in Pinocchio is actually the star of Sirius. I was not able to verify that anywhere. I looked around. I didn't see that anywhere. And if it, if it was, of course, that would be a huge deal. That would be a major key alert. Because Sirius is the star of occultism. It's the blazing star of Freemasonry, and it goes on and on and on. We've talked about it many times. And also in the film, we see there's, a, there's an owl clock in Geppetto's house, which will kind of come up in the 2022 Pinocchio. And while, I'm, while we're discussing this background info, I got to mention that I have not seen the, I think it was also 2022 that Tom Hanks was Geppetto which is, of course, a huge to-do in the conspiracy world. Everyone thinks Tom Hanks is part of uh, this group of pedos. I don't, I don't, look, and, it, and it's, a, it's a dicey theory. I've looked into it. It's dicey, I think. But maybe, right? You never know. You never know. But he played Geppetto, and a lot of people say, oh, Geppetto, right? G-Pedo. G, the, the G of Freemasonry. I'm just, I'm freestyling right now, everybody. The G of Freemasonry, the grand creator. G-Pedo. Even though Geppetto is not a pedophile in the story, but, you know, he is working on trying to bring little boys to life, so who knows? So in the original film, a fairy comes to give life to Pinocchio. Pinocchio's task is, he's told that his task is to find the difference between right and wrong, and he's given Jiminy Cricket as his conscious guide. Jiminy Cricket is dubbed the conscious of Pinocchio by the fairy. She says, always let your conscious be your guide. Now, this is a very interesting concept. This is duality in terms of occultism. The knowledge of good and evil. That's what Adam and Eve got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. They were taking a bite from the apple from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So it's 
a big to do because the big guy said, don't mess with this stuff. But when you dig into this, the secret message of the occultist, from my perspective, they don't buy into this duality concept of good and evil being two distinct things. They believe everything is the same, and really it's your perspective that matters. So good and evil aren't really real, thus nothing is evil. These are all byproducts of the social construct of morality given to us by the church. So evil is not really a thing, it's just an idea. And who determined what was evil anyhow? Aleister Crowley advocated to explore the dark side and understand it. He said, the true magic of Horus requires passionate union of opposites. Horus being the the middle between Osiris and Isis. And Osiris plays a huge role in the 2022 film. So I'm really excited to get into that. So Jiminy Cricket, he explains how sometimes things that are wrong may seem right. And then he does the, you know, give a little whistle. Plays a little, give a little whistle song. So the whole story is about Pinocchio trying to figure out right and wrong and Arguably, he awakens to the idea that, hey, there's no such thing as wrong or right. So Pinocchio gets in all kinds of trouble. He gets scooped up by a circus handler guy, the fox, and this other guy called the coachman. He was the, uh, one of these old, rich, white dudes with, with uh, no hair, one of the Tiki Torch Whites, because he's trying to get a harem of slaves together and the coachman and the fox they have a conversation the coachman says that he's taking all the naughty boys to pleasure island to quote make some real money so he snatches up pinocchio because he's being naughty the coachman says quote i'm collecting stupid little boys and then he leans over and he whispers into the ear of the fox. And we don't know what he actually says. Why is he collecting the boys? We know he's, it's to make real money. And then he says, he, he says, I'm collecting stupid little boys. He whispers in his ear and then he says, and that, and I takes them to Pleasure Island. And they never come back as boys. I mean, if you don't see what's going on there, if you if you try to, you know, from the perspective of a conspiracy truther type, he takes these boys to Pleasure Island, does some things to them, and they never come back as boys again. He totally steals their innocence. If that doesn't sound like Epstein and Epstein Island, I don't know what to tell you. Sounds very similar, and it's really disturbing because Epstein was procuring little kids for rich weirdos. For I mean, allegedly, 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 right? Blackmail of of world leaders and stuff. Now, officially, they tell us, oh, it was a bunch of barely illegal girls and models, and you know, he wanted them to massage him and all this stuff. Maybe. I mean, no one seemed to really get to the bottom of it. And then he committed suicide. And, you know, there's this DJ, Twitch, 
from the Ellen DeGeneres show? I had no idea who he was. A very famous guy. He committed suicide. And it's really weird as the story's unfolding. I plan on talking about this on a on a separate episode. Because Ellen had that all the weird conspiracies about her with the uh the frazzle drip hand and the <laughs> the set looking like the weird temple found on Epstein Island. And then the news confirmed that she was a total apparent psychopath on set. No one liked working with her. Uh, the suicide thing's weird. And then Jean-Luc Brunel, who was working with Epstein to procure models, he committed suicide when he was awaiting for trial for the same thing. Very bizarre. And then, of course, you know, throwing this Tom Hanks angle. Jeez. So anyway, back to the film. They snatch up Pinocchio and they tell him he's going to Pleasure Island for a vacation with the other boys. And he's like, oh, bet, let's do it. And then he meets up with Lampwick, different character. They get on a boat in the middle of the night. They go to Pleasure Island. They can eat all they want. They can smoke up. Smoke up, Johnny. Smoke tobacco. <laughs> I mean, it's 1940, right? Destroy property. Break windows, all the fun things from 1940 youth. And you hear the the coachman says, you give a bad boy enough rope to hang himself. How manipulative, right? And this goes into that idea of they justify some kind of karmic justice with this thing. They're like, well, they know what's going on. They know they shouldn't smoke tobacco and break windows. But we're going to make a society that makes it very acceptable and easy to do that so that when they do it, hey, you knew better. Listen up. We've seen so many people making ridiculous money from crypto, but did you know it's easy for you to do the same? If you followed my show, you know that we've talked about the cryptocurrencies going all the way back to 2017. Very fascinating subject. But there's a way you can get into all this with the easiest way possible. It's the Copy My Crypto membership site. That shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply do what he does. I'm also a member of this and I've combed through some of the videos. He's got some how-to videos showing you where to get the coins, how to make it happen. It's all there for you. So let me tell you about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which... Despite heavy censorship, we all know YouTube loves the censorship. It's hit 26,000 subscribers, which is a big to-do, right? Since March 2020, he told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. And had you put 100 bucks into each one, it went on to become worth more than $123,000. So of the 26 coins, his top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, went up 692x from when he said... That one call has retired a number of people, including guys in their 20s and 30s. But remember, this is all public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify this for yourself. So if you'd like to join the 2,800 members and your boy Isaac, who copied James, then stop what you're doing. Head over to copymycrypto.com slash Isaac. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, right? Two A's for double awesome. A lot of people misspell that. They throw two S's in there. No, it's two A's for double awesome. You got it. So copymycrypto.com forward slash Isaac. You'll not only find proof of everything I've said, 
but my listeners get full access for just $1. Once again, it's copymycrypto.com forward slash Isaac. Link in the show notes as always. If you're like me, you're a sucker for mysteries, true crime. And once you put me back into a period piece with those old flapper 1920s era time frame, you got me. I'm all yours. So let me tell you about this game called June's Journey. We're going to escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance as you immerse yourself into the world of June's Journey, a hidden object mystery mobile game that puts your detective skills to the test. Play as June Parker and investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s while uncovering the mystery of her sister's murder with hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles. The next clue is always within reach. Now, one thing I like is that it sharpens your vision to look for objects. In case I I ever make it on uh, one of these reality contest shows, I got to harness my puzzle my puzzle skills and my visual acuity. And and I, I learned what a pavilion <laughs> when I was playing the game, I learned what a pavilion was. It's it's basically a gazebo. I didn't know that. So I'm learning. All right. In each level you search for hidden objects in New York parlors or or uh, Paris sidewalks, trying to figure out this scandalous family secret of how June's sister died. It's got some mystery, it's got some danger, it's got some romance. I got the game on my phone right now, and I'm on chapter three, and I'm looking for clues on this crime scene photo because we're gonna we're gonna figure out who did this, and you're gonna love it. They play real like mad chill music, so it's kind of relaxing too. You get to customize your little luxurious estate with gardens and buildings and such. So look, if you're into detective work, solving clues, finding clues, scandalous family secrets. Uh, you just want a fun little escape from the dreaded day job or whatever. This is your game. I enjoy playing it at the end of the day when I'm chilling in bed trying to unwind because it's just a nice little escape kind of game for me. And not only that, poor June, she needs my help to figure out how her sister died. And guess what? June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you even hear Lampwick. He subscribes to a lot of this stuff. He, he's a bad influence on Pinocchio. He says, you only live once, Pinocchio. YOLO. Very nihilistic. And this is how they want us to act. This is why they constantly distract us with entertainment. Michael Hoffman's book, Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare, says this, and I quote, The Western masses enter thraldom and bestiality with enthusiasm. They cheer programming and suppression of dissent. They volunteer for digital surveillance. They idolize their executioners and exterminators. They celebrate their new swinish identity. And isn't that the truth? I mean, he wrote that. Man, I don't have the book next to me. I feel like it was, oh, I do, I lie. He wrote that book damn near 20 years ago, didn't he? Let's take a look at the copyright. Now, the copy, the one I have is the sixth printing from 2009. And it says that this was originally written in 2001. Doesn't that describe our society to a T? 
I mean, we're not really into bestiality, but yeah, the smut's pretty intense nowadays, right? But cheering the programming, they do this. They love suppression of dissent. We've seen this the last couple years. Everyone's cool with cancel culture when it supports what they want to believe. Everyone's down for digital surveillance. We're signing up. You know, I've got TikTok on my phone like a real dummy. This thing's listening to me like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I'll talk about something. I won't even look it up or nothing. And there it is. Videos about that topic. I'm like, get out of here. Hey, it's kind of fun. (laughs) So anyhow, John, we find out that the coachman there, he is selling these kids as slave labor. And they explain that the island has a curse that turns boys into donkeys. And then they sell the donkeys as slave labor. And I think this is an analogy for human trafficking. You know, like a Disney story for the whole family to enjoy. It actually makes me, it reminded me of Charles Manson. He was traded around to different boys' reform schools as a kid, and, you know, he was raped and learned how to be manipulative, and that's who he became. Pinocchio, he finds out, he gets out of Pleasure Island, finds out Geppetto's living in a whale, goes to save him, Pinocchio drowns, and the fairy turns him into a real boy and brings him back to life. So that was the first one. That was the first film from 1940. And the 2022 version, similar, but definitely not the same. And in fact, Del Toro even talks about how they say the same film. Let's briefly go through who's in this thing. Uh, it's not Jiminy Cricket. It's Sebastian J. Cricket. I think this one might be more true to the book. I think that's the name in the original book from, I don't know, 1205. (laughs) Ewan McGregor is the voice of the cricket, barely plays a role in the film. Ron Perlman plays a guy named Podesta. That's right. The guy's name is Podesta. I had to look this up. But Podesta is an Italian term referring back to the fascist days of Italy with Mussolini. The authority that would run the town was named Podesta. And Ron Perlman voiced this guy, and they call him Podesta, right? Ron Perlman, of course, from, what was he, Sons of Anarchy? I think it's the last time I saw him in something. But if you're not familiar, there's this guy named John Podesta, and that's a rabbit hole. Podesta, a.k.a. Skippy. He was Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, now a Biden senior advisor, because he's real high up in the DNC. I mean, you want to talk about cancel culture not really happening to people that are powerful enough. This is one of those guys. He was a big part of the the WikiLeaks pizza emails, where it was revealed there was coded language about walnut sauce, pizza maps, handkerchiefs, No one ever answered what that means. We don't know. And uh, maybe even might be more dangerous. I don't know. There were speeches that Hillary Clinton was given to private banks and Goldman Sachs and stuff. But anyway, the allegation here, to sum up a big rabbit hole in case you're new to this, all this pizza-coated language 
is referring to trafficking little kids. And it ties into Comet Ping Pong Pizza. That's why that dude showed up with the AK. And John Podesta's brother, Tony Podesta, had that. If you listen to my episode about Dahmer, that was, a, that was actually a pretty big banger. I hope you listen to that one. We talked about the headless statue that Tony Podesta has in his possession that emulates the corpse Jeffrey Dahmer had photos of where he decapitated it. Okay, moving on. Finn Wolfhard, one of the kids from Stranger Things, he plays the voice of Candlewick, who's the same character as Lampwick from the original. And then, of course, the director is Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro, of course, meaning the bull, a.k.a. Moloch, the deity of child sacrifice. Now, I don't think I don't think Mr. Del Toro chose his name to be that, but it's just ironic, right? Del Toro, uh, a huge name, right? He's done lots of stuff. The only other films of his I reviewed was probably The Shape of Water. And he was raised Catholic, called himself a raging atheist, according to Wikipedia. Fun fact, Del Toro signed a petition to call for the release of Roman Polanski, the director who infamously convicted of drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl back in the 70s, and he fled for Switzerland, and he's been in exile there since. Fun fact number two, his father was kidnapped, and he and James Cameron, that's right, the avatar James Cameron, Titanic James Cameron, paid millions and got him released. Fun fact number three, Ron Perlman was in Del Toro's first film, Kronos. That was his first film. And if you follow me, you know Kronos is the name for Saturn, the adversary force. Kronos is the devourer of children, which... By the way, we're going to catch some of that symbolism in 2022 Pinocchio. And that's what Pinocchio is about now. It's about an alchemist finding eternal life. And Del Toro had something very interesting to say about this new Pinocchio film of his. And we're going to hit it in the conclusion. I got to make sure you stick around for that. Because the conclusion, we're going to wrap it up and explain all of these complex topics. And I'll explain what's going on. According to me. All right. Okay. You ready? We're going into this Netflix 2022 Pinocchio. It's about two hours. Should you watch it? Eh, wasn't for me. I didn't like it. It was definitely no need for, there was no need for it to be two hours. But it was fine. I don't know. It was fine. So should you watch it? If you're into this stuff, I would advise you to watch it before you listen to this, but. You certainly don't have to. So right off the bat, opening credits. We see the film is given to us by Shadow Machine Productions, which I find very curious. The Shadow World is referring to the mystical belief system of Kabbalah, the dark side of the Tree of Life, which is where the fallen angels reside, the Klepoth. Now, a lot of big words there, right? This refers to the evil forces of the Kabbalistic view of reality. They believe God created the world through ten separate thoughts. Emanations, they call it. And these ten thoughts are the shells of reality. It's the ten circles on the tree of life, the sephirot. 
And then there is, well, here, in fact, I'm going to read you because this connects into Podesta, if you can believe it or not. My first book, my first alien book, excuse me, is my eighth book, but who's counting? Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult, Use Illusion 1. I wrote, quote, The co-author of Secret Machines, Gods, is Peter Lavenda, a man who is nothing less than an expert on the occult. His other books, such as The Dark Lord, reveal a shadowy side to the Kabbalah Tree of Life, where the collection of evil spirits referred to as the Klepoth reside. This is considered the other, or the adversarial force, much like the dual nature of good and evil. Occultist Kenneth Grant referred to this as the realm of the damaged gods, or the Citra Ara. The occult sciences attempted contact with these demonic forces in the pursuit of self-deification or enlightenment. Now, I don't know how hard to foot stomp this, but that's what this whole movie is about. The Enlightenment of Pinocchio. All right. And he's the adversarial force. And I'm going to prove all that without a doubt to you. In fact, I'm going to prove it through some images I will put on my Instagram. I always say you got to like and subscribe to see them. And I mean it this time. Images from this film that prove without a doubt all these things we're talking about. Let me finish my passage from User Illusion 1. Alistair Crowley once stated, Our method is science. Our aim is religion. Because that seems to be what is happening with attempts to find entities in another dimension for the sake of wisdom or knowledge. The list of occult attempts to merge science, spirituality, and contact with otherworldly entities is not coincidental. It's also obvious that they believe man can evolve into a godlike status, which is the reason they are communicating with spirits in another dimension. And when you know this film has guardian angels from another dimension fusing life into Pinocchio. And why did I bring up Podesta? It's because he's linked into all this stuff. To the Stars Academy, Peter Lavenda, Tom DeLong from Blink-182, the whole UAP disclosure movement. Podesta's right in there with them. He's been on Ancient Aliens and Skinwalker Ranch and all this stuff. Because it's all connected, I believe. Now, the film actually starts. The first thing we see is a pine cone. And already I'm, I'm flailing my arms. And I, again, I got compilation images I put on my Instagram to make it easy to understand and see. I Just, just go look at it. Instagram.com backslash Isaac Weishaupt. Link in the show notes as always. The pine cone is important. It's the symbol for enlightenment and immortality which are the things we're talking about in the alien books I wrote. And the occultists, they refer to the pine, the, uh, the third eye or the pineal gland with the pine cone. And oh, not so coincidentally, the pineal gland is alleged to be where they harvest adrenochrome, which again refers us back to all this pizza email stuff. And I mean, it gets dark quick. We're not doing that today, but that's a big to do. In fact, I'm going to do a show. I got a guest. I'm not going to tell you who in case he doesn't want to do it, but I already know he does. He's writing a whole book that's going to apply to some of this stuff. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Look for that coming soon. Stay subscribed. It's going to be 
We're going to Bangerville, all right? Now, the pine cone is also symbolic of the sun god Osiris from ancient Egypt. And we're going to hit that in the conclusion, okay? We got to go through the film because I don't want to get bogged down in a lot of this heavy-duty occult stuff. So just back pocket all this stuff. The pine cone. Okay, so then we see Geppetto. He's carving up a Pinocchio. And he's like, oh, I already lost one son, Carlo, back in the war. So we get the flashback, right? And I think, man, is is he saying that Carlo was a blood sacrifice for Pinocchio? Not really. He didn't he didn't want to kill Carlo. But we find out Geppetto is making a homunculus. That's Pinocchio's role. He is the homunculus. And a homunculus is the artificial life created through the occult science of alchemy. And this is the story of Frankenstein, which, oh, by the way, is one of Del Toro's favorite films. I mean, who I mean, Frankenstein's one of my favorites, too. Out of all the old classic universal monster films, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are easily the best. Better than Dracula. I know. I know. I didn't believe it either. I watched Bela Lugosi in Dracula a couple months ago, and I said, it's not that good. <laughs> not that good. Okay. And this is one of the key components of occultism is creating life. All right. Back pocket. So Carlo, they're, they're flashing back. Carlo is running to see his father, Geppetto. Geppetto's making a toy. Carlo asks, he says, hey, is this a, a soldier, a magician, or a witch? Very curious trio, right? Then it shows compilations of Carlo and Geppetto. They're saying prayers. To, they're doing the Holy Trinity stuff and just, you know, living life. And it shows him relaying the story of a curse about a witch cursing a hedgehog. And you see, you know, there's a lot of Christian symbolism throughout this. There's crosses in the background above Geppetto's bed. And Geppetto, of course, being a woodworker, he's a carpenter, just like Jesus Christ himself. And he's been, and Geppetto's been working on a, a massive wooden crucifix for the church. And then there's another scene. Carlo, he picks up a pine cone, and Geppetto says, no, not that pine cone. It has to be perfect. It has to be perfect, complete, and this one is missing some scales. Now, let's dissect what he said there. He says, the pine cone has, has to be perfect and complete. What's the meaning here? Perfect, whole, intact. And if you look to the writings of Gnostic psychoanalyst Carl Jung, he said, I'd rather be whole than good. And again, same concept, exploring evil, even embracing evil, perhaps. And we hear the pine cone is missing some scales. It's not whole. It's not perfect. And Carl Jung says, I'd rather be whole than good. Now, is this the moment of awakening? Not yet. Not yet. They're painting the crucifix in the church. Geppetto specifically asked for the red paint to Carlo. So he's painting the blood of Christ around the crown of thorns. And the crown of thorns, of course, is the symbol of the Romans mocking Christ. They're like, oh, you're the king of Jews? Well, here's your crown, and they put a crown of thorns around his head. Carlo hold, hands him the red paint, 
in a, a bucket. And he says, I've got a surprise for you, for you. And Geppetto holds up the perfect pine cone. And when he holds it up on the film, you can see he does it in front of a stained glass window. And right on top of that pine cone, in the background, is the horned goat, the Baphomet. That's right. I know you probably don't believe me. You probably don't believe me. And that's why, of course, I put it on Instagram. Look for yourself. It's the ram head, the horned goat. And Carlo intends to plant this pine cone so it grows into a tree so he can carve the wood. This is a concept of uh, rebirth and renewal. If you've ever seen the 1973 classic Wicker Man, they do the Maypole song. It's kind of about this sort of similar concept. So anyway, they're doing all this stuff in the church. The war bombers, they start flying through the town, and Geppetto's like, hey, Carlo, we got to go home. But he doesn't want to scare him, right? But he's like, hey, let's move it along, right? And Carlo's like, hey, I forgot my pine cone. He runs back to the church. And uh, imagine imagine coveting a pine cone, right? Very strange. (laughs) A hundred years ago, right? So Carlo runs back to the church, and he looks up to the crucifix of Christ, and bam, a bomb drops on the church and kills this kid right in front of his dad. So the crucifix, the church, they're bombed out. It remains unfinished. They make a point to say this. The church is not complete. And Geppetto is now without a child. Traumatic, right? Well, meanwhile, the grasshopper, Sebastian J. Cricket, he's doing his thing and he's like oh i want to write my life story and he sees geppetto weeping at carlo's gravesite of course this is many years later and jim uh sebastian i'm just gonna call him jimmy cricket you know that's who he is jimmy cricket says there are old spirits in the forest and he sh- it shows us all seeing eyes floating around right and geppetto decides you know what I'm going to make a wooden puppet of Carlo out of this pine tree that was planted from that perfect pine cone. So Geppetto, he's cursing God as he's building this puppet. He says stuff like, why don't you let him come back to me? He's drinking the alcohols, the libations. I don't think he would have done that if he was smoking marijuana, just saying. And he builds this infamous Pinocchio doll, and this MFR is creepy AF, all right? Well, those eyes that Jiminy Cricket was talking about in the forest, they're shown assembling into a, a massive spirit, a guardian angel. And it raises Pinocchio to life. It infuses a spirit into him. And the spirit says, hey, I'm, I'm a guardian, and I'm tasked... Um, uh, I'm tasking uh, Jiminy Cricket to watch over Pinocchio in exchange for one wish that J- uh, Jiminy Cricket will get. And the guardian angel, he he infuses a soul into Pinocchio. He says, may you rise with the sun. Quote, may you rise with the sun. Big topic, the death and rebirth, sun symbolism. It's a cult 101. Major part of the story. Stay tuned for the conclusion where we'll hit it. 
And then to confirm all this, Geppetto wakes his drunk ass up, and he picks up a photo of Carlo, and we see the Infinity Ouroboros symbol of the snake eating its own tail, the symbol of rebirth. I put that on the Instagram, too. So Geppetto, he wakes up, and Pinocchio starts telling him, hey, I'm your son. And Geppetto's bugging out. He is not having this. But then Pinocchio eventually warms him up enough that he accepts it. So Geppetto's like, all right, cool. I'm going to take Pinocchio to to church. So Geppetto runs off to church. Pinocchio follows. And when he gets there, he stands in front of the crucifix and he imitates it. A heresy, if you will. I put the image on the Instagram as well. You got to see it. He imitates the uh, Christ on the crucifix. And the church folks, they're not having it. They're not having it. They start tearing this puppet down. Take a listen to what they say. <gasps> Look, Father. Over there. What is that? Papa! <gasps> Papa, Papa! Over here! It's me! I came to church! It's a demon! Witchcraft! Pinocchio! Pinocchio! No, no, please! It's a puppet! Do entertain! If he's a puppet, where are his strings? That's true! Who controls you, wooden boy? Of course I control him! Who controls you? No one talks to the best out like that! He's a puppet, just a puppet! No, I'm not! I made a flesh and bone and meaty bits. I'm a real boy. This is a house of God. You drunken fool. You carving this this thing while our blessed Christ hangs unfinished all these years. Take that unholy thing away. Take it away now. Yes, yes, Shut him up! Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just fine. So the church folks, they say, hey, hey, this is witchcraft. You got this wooden puppet talking on its own. It's got no strings. And Geppetto, he's trying to say that, no, no, I am controlling this thing. But Pinocchio being the rebel angel that he is. He fights back to the uh, people in church. He's like, no, who's controlling you? Who's controlling you? And what he's trying to say is that they're sheep following the, the false God that he thinks of Jesus Christ. That's why he's imitating Christ on the cross. Blasphemy. I think that's a very important part that we can't let out of this analysis. When he's fighting back and he says, who's controlling you? Because they believe that Christ and God are a control system. And look, that's a whole another rabbit hole in itself. Is religion, organized religion, a control system? I mean, it depends on how you look at it. You could You could argue that point. I mean... I don't believe it, but there's definitely some good arguments for it, right? I mean, I don't profess to know the answer to any of this stuff, so 
anyhow. We hear Geppetto, he says, um, he snatches, we sna- he snatches uh, Pinocchio up, you know, he's like, hey, get come on, no one talks to Podesta like that, and he kicks him out of there. But what what's going on here is they're, they're showing us that Pinocchio is seen as the work of the devil. And you're supposed to feel bad for Geppetto and Pinocchio at this point. And you're supposed to think, wow, this church and its churchgoers, they're really small-minded when there's really this great magical, you know, rom- I don't know, romance, uh, relationship between Geppetto and Pinocchio going on, and they hate it. So the priest and Podesta, they go to visit Geppetto at his home. And Podesta, he's, he's bragging about his own son. He's, he's saying, oh, you know, I have a real son. He's got no signs of jaundice. And he expands his son's all-seeing eye. Again, another reference to the pineal gland, to the enlightenment. Because the all-seeing eye also symbolizes that, the awakening. And Jiminy Cricket, he's watching. He's watching Pinocchio. He's watching Geppetto, and he's doing it from on top of an owl, which is the symbol of Minerva. This is the goddess of wisdom, the guiding Sophia of Gnosticism. And like I mentioned, the original 1940 cartoon, there's an owl clock. So so here we go. So there's the circus freak show coming through town, and the, the scandalous, I don't know, ring handler... He's like, oh, I hear there's a living puppet. I want, I want that puppet for my freak show. So he's he's on the hunt for this Pinocchio. Back to Pinocchio. Pinocchio asks Geppetto. He says, they're in the church. Pinocchio's like, why is everyone like this guy so much? And he's pointing to Christ. He's like, why does everyone love him and not me, Pinocchio? And obvious. A direct metaphor. Pinocchio is the rebel. He is rising up against the, who he thinks is the false god of Christ. Take a listen. More. That's it. That's it. Just a little more. Stop. There we go. Ah. Very good, child. Very good. Papa. There's something I don't understand. What is this, Pinocchio? Everybody likes him. Who? Him. Huh? They were all singing to him. He's made of wood too. Why do they like him and not me? Come here, Pinocchio. People are sometimes afraid of things they don't know, but... They'll get to know you and like you, and and for that, um, are you ready for school? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com backslash Illuminati Watcher. Get on your way to being your best self. You know, for me, over the years, I transitioned from active duty military to going to work full time trying to get a college degree full-time and trying to juggle a relationship, a marriage, which sometimes is very difficult, especially when you're, when you're in that, that young age, you still got to unpack all the stuff that happened in childhood. And, and look, it's not like you've got bad parents, right? Your parents love you, 
But there's a lot of things that happen along the way, little traumas, things that are seeming significant, but they really mess with your head. Like for me, <laughs> I remember my my father yelling at me, uh, or what I perceived as a child, I was maybe five, yelling at me about T-ball. Like I couldn't hit the ball. I was just a stupid kid with no eye-hand coordination. Now, he was probably just trying to coach me to make me better, but as a young child, I was sensitive. I took that to heart, and it really put a lot of shame into me to the point where I wouldn't play uh, pickup baseball. Like, when, you know, your friends want to play baseball, like I wouldn't do it just because I had this weird shame thing that didn't need to be there. My dad loved me. You know what I mean? He probably, maybe he raised his voice. Who knows? I, I'm, I'm from the uh, Gen X crowd where the parents were a little tougher. But it wasn't because he didn't like me or I thought I was stupid. He was just trying to make me better. But unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. And when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. You don't even know how to unpack that thing. And the therapist, they're trained to help you figure out the cause of these challenging emotions. Like for me, why didn't I want to play baseball? Well, it goes back to this root memory, which I probably misperceived as a kid because I was just a kid. So you got to learn these productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of this complex engine called you. And BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, accessible anywhere, 100% online. And therapy for me, it's it's taught me coping skills. Uh, it's taught me how to have some more self-love, some better, you know, your, your mind, sometimes the killer's inside the house and, and your mind will tell you things. It'll fill you full of shame and make you feel bad about yourself. But you don't need to feel bad about yourself. You're perfect the way you are. You know what I mean? And these therapists, they're really good at hearing you out and trying to help you come to that conclusion. And everyone deserves to feel their best. And BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, but more convenient, more accessible and more affordable you just fill out this brief questionnaire they match it with a therapist if it's not working out you don't have a good vibe you switch therapist <laughs> it's easy there's no waiting rooms there's no traffic it's great so get unstuck with better help learn more save 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash illuminati watcher that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash illuminati watcher link in the show notes as always Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Geppetto, he's a God-fearing man. He doesn't know how to answer this. And he's just like, well, Pinocchio, nobody knows who you are. They all know the story of Christ. And what's important here is that that's because Pinocchio is the outsider. He is the adversary. He represents the unknown. He's kind of like the Klepoth on that dark side of the tree of life. And that's why everyone's afraid of him. And I must also note that the original 1940 cartoon, there's no Christian iconography or Christianity subplot at all. So this was all Del Toro, who, like I said earlier, says he's a raging atheist. 
So he's mad at Christ. He's mad at God, the false God, which again is a very Gnostic idea. They think that God is a demented psychopath controller and that man has a job to make contact with these ascended masters to elevate and enlighten themselves to get past this false God and this false reality. So when the crickets on the on the Minerva Sophia of Gnosticism, that's the wisdom. He is the guiding force for Pinocchio. So the the circus ringleader guy finally catches up to Pinocchio. And he's promising Pinocchio the world. He's like, hey, I want you on my road show. I got this contract right here. I need you to sign it. And you already know where we're going with this. This is the Faustian bargain. Regretfully, no. For today is the only day that our cacophonous carnival will visit your vicinity. But if you must go to school, then you must go to school. Come, spazzatura. We must find someone else to eat all our ice cream and popcorn and hot chocolate. Hot chocolate? Oh, no. <gasps> yes, of course. All the hot chocolate you can drink and all the games you can play. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Maybe it'll be okay if I'm a little bit late for school. Yeah, perfectly fine. No one will even notice. Don't listen to him, Pinocchio. Ah, we have one last detail to take care of. Sign here, here, and here. Need a pen? No, Pinocchio, don't! (laughs) Like this? Perfect. I will now make you burn bright like a star. Follow me, my boy. This ringleader even has red hair shaped like horns. And when he gets Pinocchio on state on a stage, Pinocchio is literally dancing with the devil. There's a devil next to him. And what's curious is that when Pinocchio signs this Faustian bargain, he signs it. He doesn't know his signature, right? He's he's a puppet, and he signs it as the sun. He's like. <laughs> this is me, the sun. And all of this fits into the big theory of what's going on with Osiris. Again, in the conclusion. Moving on. Podesta, he visits Geppetto again. He warns him about Pinocchio not going to school because there's like this Nazi training school. He's like, hey, Pinocchio's not coming in. And he calls him a dissident, uh, an independent thinker, as if these are bad things. But he's referring to the rebel angel, the adversary, the Luciferian figure. So Pinocchio, he's uh, on the, he's doing the circus tour, and he gets creamed by a dump truck and dies. <laughs> Not traumatic at all. So Pinocchio goes to the underworld. And we hear the narrator, death was not the end. Because, again, this is the Osirian mysteries of the death resurrection of the sun god. So Pinocchio, he's taken into the underworld by some black rabbits. He's told to go through a particular door to processing. And this door to processing has got a skeleton and an Aquarian water carrier. This is symbolic of, the, of him entering the new age, the age of Aquarius. And the earth, it moves... To every astrological house every twenty one six every two thousand one hundred sixty years, and it pr- pr- uh, proceeds through twelve 
zodiac signs. And a lot of people claim that we're entering the age of Aquarius, or maybe we're already there, but it's happening right around now. And they're using this to say, well, this is the new age. We're going to get rid of the old way of thinking, which the old way of thinking to them is the age of Pisces, the age of the fish, which is the, the time of Christ. Well, a different guardian angel, the, the sister to the original one, the, is down here in the underworld and says, oh, Pinocchio, you look familiar. You're the one that has the borrowed soul. Because again, he's a homunculus. That's the exact idea of a homunculus. And she says, you know, Pinocchio, you'll never die. And in a way, dying is what makes real people and real life precious because of how brief it is. You unfortunately won't experience that. You're going to, um, you know, just keep coming back to life. And you're going to do it when this there's a, a, a sand timer. When the sand runs out, you, you go back in. He's going to get reincarnated every time he dies until he successfully achieves gnosis, knowledge, enlightenment. Then he won't have to reincarnate every time. So Pinocchio's back to life. The circus master is like, oh, damn, I thought you were dead. Well, guess what? You signed the, the Faustian bargain. You're coming back on the road again. The Podesta says, no, I want him. I want him to be my perfect soldier. And remember the beginning when Carlo asked Geppetto, he's carving up some wood figures, and Carlo says, are you making a soldier, a magician, or a witch? Very interesting. Because we already heard how at the church they called him a witch, or the product of witchcraft, I should say. And now Podesta says, I want him as a soldier. And back on the road, Podesta, he's doing the circus gig. He's, he's paying off his father's debts. It's for noble reason. And when he's performing, like I said, he's dancing with the devil. He's performing on top of an eagle. And the eagle is a symbol of the, the, the rising phoenix, the, the rebirth. So on the road, the ringleader guy, I put here his name is Count Volpe. I don't know if that's accurate, but anyway. The ringleader guy, he's he's beating up on this monkey, and you see the symbol of fasci, which is a uh, the the uh, like a bunch of rods tied together with a an axe, and this is because they're in fascist Italy. But isn't it odd that they use the same symbol in America? I'm going to read you from the .gov website for the House of Representatives, because in the House chamber. You can see two of these things, plain as day. They claim, they say, the bronze fasces, representing a classic Roman symbol of civic authority, are located on both sides of the U.S. flag. The original Roman fasces consisted of an axe with a bundle of rods bound together by a red strap. Over time, the fasces came to represent the ideal of American democracy. Like the thin rods... Bound together, the small individual states achieve their strength and stability through their union under the federal government. So interesting it shows up in here. But it is fascist Italy with Mussolini, so hey, makes sense. So Podesta, he's got this son. Remember that he's so great. Oh, you're so great with your no jaundice, Candlewick. And Podesta's like, all right, Candlewick, you're going to, you're going to blast Pinocchio. Here's a gun. I want you to shoot him. 
But Candlewick's sad because he's like, no, it's my friend. And he refuses. He rebels against his father. And Pinocchio taught him that lesson, how to rebel against the father. So Podesta, he goes to shoot Pinocchio himself, but the bomb gets dropped on him, literally. It's a it's an authentic bomb. In fact, it's so authentic they put a, a yellow ring around the uh, around the bomb body. Now Count Volpe, he finds Pinocchio and he says, "Hello, my little rebel." Again, another reference to the Luciferian enlightenment of Pinocchio. And as if we needed any more confirmation that this whole story is about the death and rebirth of the sun god. He puts Pinocchio on a wooden cross. I can't make it up, folks. And he lights him on fire. And here, he's the witch. Remember, soldier, witch, magician. Here's the witch thing. He lights him on fire. Like a witch at the stake. But then the monkey saves him. But then they get swallowed up by a big fish. And of course, this is the same as the original story. But it's the story of Jonah and the whale. And the actual term in the Bible is kados, which means a large aquatic animal. And of course, the story is about a man named Jonah, whom God says, hey, you're going to preach to the Ninevites. And Jonah doesn't want to. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to tell these people how to live. So he gets swallowed up by a whale because this is, uh, I think this is Old Testament God, right? Old Testament God is not playing. He's not playing with you hoes. So he's like, sends the whale to go swallow Jonah. So Jonah lives in this big, large aquatic animal for three days and three nights, and he's praying to get released. He gets it. But in my my old old my Orthodox study Bible, it says that it's a story about the death and rebirth in the waters of baptism. So Jonah's rebirth is an allegory of Christ going to Hades to die for our sins, the underworld which is where you see Pinocchio go in this film. And Jonah, of course, comes back to life from the whale, and he goes, he's like, all right, I learned my lesson. And he teaches the Ninevites the divine wisdom. Now, the occultists, they think that Christ is just an allegory of the sun. And when they when we say Christ died for three nights at the winter solstice on December 21st, they're like, oh, that's obviously the story of the sun. Because the sun goes down to the lowest point, and then it's quote unquote reborn three days later and starts its movement back towards the summer solstice of June, where you get the longest day of the year. And this is a lot of ancient alien, ancient astronaut theory, because they deny a lot of the stories of the Bible, but then they at the same time get behind these Mesopotamian stories. Uh, one particular is about the Babylonian fish creature, Oannes. And Oannes taught men when he came from the sea, which is kind of like the story of Jonah and the whale. And what's interesting is Oannes is interchangeable with the Greek name of Ioannes, which is a Greek translation for the name of Jonah, a.k.a. Jonah. Uh, I read that on orthochristian.com. I am not that smart on the Bible. I'm not a theologian. Anyway, back in the well. They get in the well, and there's Geppetto chilling in the well. And they're like, oh, let's save you. And the cricket, of course, the guiding light here, 
says, hey, let's go to the lighthouse to find freedom. Because inside this whale's guts is a big-ass lighthouse, apparently. Now, if you followed my show for long enough, you know that the lighthouse comes up often. It comes up specifically on my film reviews of Annihilation, my film review of Bliss. That was a great one, actually. That was very good for, if you want more on simulation and Gnostic theory, that was a good one, Bliss. It came up with The Lighthouse, right? Robert Eggers, I did a, I did a twofer. I did The Witch, and then I did The Lighthouse back in March 2020. Because they both show the opposing polarities. The witch, of course, being the female. And the lighthouse being the male polarity. Lots of good stuff. But it's a theme we've covered in the past because the lighthouse, it's the phallic symbol. Which is why it's in The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers, the the male story. And the phallic symbol is the guiding path. It's the path to enlightenment. So when Jiminy Cricket, the conscious, the voice that's guiding Pinocchio on his journey, says, let's go to the lighthouse to find freedom, it's the path. Now, it's a perversion because Christ himself uses this. Same sort of iconography. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So they're trying to get out of this belly of the whale. Pinocchio dies again. This clumsy puppet can't stay alive to save his life. He's in the underworld, and he has to wait to go back. But he's in a hurry, right? He's trying to save Geppetto. He's like, oh, the sand is taking too long to go through the timer. And they're like, look, if you violate this waiting period, you will become mortal, and then you will be on your last life. And if you look at the guardian angel that's dropping knowledge on all this, it has the mark of the beast on its on its side. It's the X inside of the O. And this goes into some real real strange territory of Kenneth Grant talking about the mark of the beast being the X and the O. Uh, we've talked about that many times. I'll I'll cover it again in the future. But Pinocchio, he saves Geppetto from drowning. But and the X, of course, is the symbol for Osiris rising. That's probably where it fits more into this storyline. So Pinocchio, he saves Geppetto from drowning, but he ends up drowning in the process. And everyone's sad. Here comes that first guardian angel, though, that fused the spirit into Pinocchio at the beginning. And she explains how he chose to become a real boy in order to save Geppetto. And real boys don't get multiple lives. But wait a second, Jiminy Cricket, he's got that one wish, remember that? And he said, hey, I'm going to bring Pinocchio back to life. That's my wish. And they say, why? And he says, because Pinocchio was good. And then she grants him the wish. She brings him back to life. And she says, may, she's talking to Pinocchio, may you rise with the sun and wander the earth. Then she says, be his son talking to Geppetto. I'm going to read that again. May you rise with the sun, S-U-N, right? The sun in the sky, the one that Pinocchio signed his name on the Faustian bargain as. And then she tells Geppetto, be his son. Well, she's talking to Pinocchio, but she's referring to Geppetto. S-O-N. So you've got the conflation of S-U-N and S-O-N on purpose here. Stand by just a minute. We'll get into it.
So Pinocchio comes back to life. And, you know, everyone lives happily ever after. Then Geppetto dies, the cricket dies, whatever. And the last thing they show, they show them playing chess. Again, another Freemasonic symbol. But guess what this symbol means? It means duality. It means reconciling the opposing forces, the knowledge of good and evil as constructs, which is the whole purpose of the film. Pinocchio finally understood there's no such thing as good. There's no such thing as evil. The world finally embraces Pinocchio. The last shot we get is the pine cone dropping from the tree. And the last line says, and then we are gone. So let's wrap it up here, folks. <laughs> What's going on in this movie? This ain't just some kid's story about a wooden puppet. I'm going to go through some ideas here. First one, Geppetto. He's the alchemist. He is the magician. He's creating life. He's creating the homunculus. We already have we already talked about the analogy of Christ as the carpenter woodworker. And he creates Pinocchio as a homunculus. Now, homunculus, this is a huge topic we've covered many times on this show. I'm going to drop a little bit, a little bit on it. Uh, some people say this is the alien agenda. They say that the aliens are spiritless, soulless bodies trying to steal spirits from mankind. Some people say that. It goes into alchemy. It goes into talk about golems. We've covered that. I think it was just a couple months ago we did a whole show talking about the golem. In fact, if you want more, I just listened to the one-on-one podcast. Shout out to those guys over there and Donut. I listened to their talk about the homunculus uh, very good stuff. Very good stuff. But this is uh, essentially the story of Frankenstein. Mankind, through the occult wisdom of sciences, fusing the soul into inanimate objects. And that's science's ultimate goal. They want to keep us entertained and distract us, distracted while the uh, the lords of the Plato Republic... They worry about these spiritual matters. They worry about where they're taking us in the long run. We just worry about paying the bills and trying to get a laugh in here and there. But they're trying to direct humanity down their path. Inspired by Lucifer. I'm going to read to you about Jack Parsons, who called himself the Antichrist, because he practiced trying to do this homunculus stuff. And I'm going to read to you from Sex and Rockets. It's a book about Jack Parsons' life. In any case, the magical child is an ages-old concept found in mythologies of certain cultures. The magical child concept Parsons was pursuing was given definition by Crowley. In De Arte Magica, Aleister Crowley wrote, It is said by certain initiates, and to obtain spiritual gifts and to aid nature, the sacrament should be, as it were, a nuptial of the folk of the earth, but that magic is of the daemon, and that by a certain perversion of the office may be created elementals fit to perform the will of the magician. The perversion, no doubt, refers to unorthodox acts of sex by which may be created elementals or magical children. Also called a homunculus, meaning little man, the Moonchild's creation is described in Crowley's novel by the same name, Moonchild. Now, we also, we had guest... Uh, Paolo Harris on here and she talked about her book she wrote with Jacques Vallée about the 
1945 crash at the Trinity site. A UFO crash, the first one that was really uh, recorded a lot about. And we talked about Parsons because my whole thing was we talked about Jack Parsons doing the Babylon working ritual in the deserts. And the whole idea of the atomic bomb testing at the Trinity site, maybe Parsons was using that to open up portals. A lot of people thought that he opened up the gateways and didn't close them properly. That's what Crowley thought. A lot of people said, oh, that's what gave us Roswell. But the Trinity book and Paolo Harris makes me think maybe the atomic bomb testing is what opened these portals. And of course, the uh, you've got at the, at the at the atomic testing site there was this massive container called the Jumbo. It's this big metal container, and it was supposed to contain the chain reaction explosions for the plutonium in case it didn't ignite. But then later they decided they weren't going to use it. But allegedly, the homunculus was inside of this massive container, so it could be near the explosion site. And they could use that energy to infuse a soul into this inanimate object. So basically, Pinocchio is a homunculus, a spirit infused into an inanimate object, which is arguably what they really want to achieve sometime. The sun god. This is the big one. Because Pinocchio, he dies and he gets reborn like the sun god. Now, what is all this about? If you refer to Bill Cooper's Mystery Babylon series... Highly recommend it. Very long. I want to say it's about 30 hours, but worth it, right? He talks about it in there. It talks about how the sun is viewed as a newborn at dawn. It goes to full power, full strength at high noon. That's what the obelisk represents. And then he dies at sunset, right? They said set killed Osiris. Well, set, sunset, is set kills the sun at night. And the Egyptians knew, um, they would tell it was high noon when the sun god Osiris was at his maximum power because of that pyra- the pyramid and the obelisk because there was no shadows left, right, when it's directly overhead. And the full calendar of the year, it goes through the same stages from spring to winter, you know, death and rebirth. And the life of God's son, S-U-N, is the son, S-U-N, on the cross of the Zodiac. And the sun enters each sign of the Zodiac at 30 degrees. This is when Jesus Christ began his ministry at age 30. And then the sun exits the Zodiac uh, at 33, and that's when Christ died. And then was reborn, of course. But 33 is the highest number of Freemasonry uh, initiation because nobody can go higher than the sun. Now, Osiris fits into all this because Osiris is the personification of the Illuminati. This is the, the holy doctrine of the occult. Osiris is the sun, the symbol of God's power, the primordial knowledge the wisdom, the gift of intellect. And that's why we keep making these parallels to Osiris with Pinocchio. In fact, the staff of Osiris, if you look at it, and again, I put it on my Instagram, I keep saying it, but I keep meaning it. Check it out. 
There's two snakes winding towards a pine cone. Because, of course, the pine cone is the symbol of enlightenment, awakening, immortality. So it's, it's the worship, and it's not, and in a way, these people aren't worshiping the literal sun. They're not worshiping literal Osiris, the new occultists. Maybe the old ancient Egyptians did. But what they worship is intellect. Everything else is an allegory. Intellect is how man becomes God. Because they really want man to become God. That's the end game. So through wisdom, through the scientific knowledge, they think they can achieve that. And you see this symbolism throughout the whole Pinocchio movie, like how the guardian angel at the end says, may you rise with the sun and be his son. That was on purpose. When Pinocchio signs the Faustian bargain as the sun, when he's riding on the eagle, the phoenix, With the, I mean, you could even argue the X. The X is a symbol for Osiris rising. The X and the O on the guardian's body. And then they literally put Pinocchio on the cross, which is supposed to be the Zodiac in terms of the sun, solar. I should say solar. That's an easier differentiator. The solar Osiris god, the dying sun god, the dying solar god. They put him on the cross of the Zodiac. And that's what they do with Pinocchio. They put him on the cross. And when I was looking into Del Toro, his first film, Kronos, which, oh, by the way, stars Ron Perlman, the ending shot of that is filmed with the rising sun. So you can see how Del Toro is pushing a film loaded with solar worship symbolism. And I teased on my social media as I said, if you thought Hocus Pocus was bad, wait till you see this. And in a way, it's not as dark, right? It's not in your face. It's like, well, okay, they worship the sun, big deal. But you have to understand this is the new age they want, the new religion they want, the Luciferian religion. And Del Toro, I said he he had a quote you got to hear. What did he say about parents watching it too? He said, here's a quote. Obedience to me is when you are told to follow something, whether on a religious level or a social level, that you don't understand, and that is a big mistake. Disobedience with consciousness is always the beginning of thought of soul and self. Because Pinocchio represents the rebelling forces. Who, are, who do they want us to rebel against? They want us to rebel against Christ, against the church. Right or wrong, look, I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I mean, I get it. I get it. There's lots of elements of Christianity I don't necessarily agree with. I have a hard time believing a lot of it. All I'm saying and observing and trying to tell you is that they definitely have an angle and they definitely have a desire and they want to indoctrinate us with this new global religion, this worship of science. They keep saying, trust the science and science has its place. Look, I've got a, I, I paid Penn state a boatload of cash for a master's degree in science. There's value in it. It's just not a spiritual way of living, okay? And like I said, I think they want to keep us distracted from spiritual matters so that they can work to reinvent religion in the background and then dupe us into this Luciferian New World Order. And that, my friends, is what Pinocchio is all about. 
All right, I hope you enjoyed that analysis. There was a lot to unpack there. If you're confused by any of this, I've got different options for you. You can, obviously, I've got close to 500 episodes. You can start plowing through them. A lot of people enjoy them. Thank you. You could pick up my book, The Dark Path. I've got it on Audible. I've got it on Amazon. That's my basic overview of all this stuff going on and why it's going on. Uh, I've got I've got some signed books on my Gumroad store as well. And the way, if, if you're already on the team, if you already understand what we're talking about and you're just listening to the episodes because you find this interesting, if you want to help the show out, leave a review. Leave a five-star review. I get a lot of haters. They're possessed by demons and the devil to give me one-star reviews, and we got to get... I'm joking, but I do get a lot of negative reviews, and I got to counter that with five stars, so if you want to help the show, drop a five-star review. I was just reading through them the other day, so thank you. A lot of, a lot of you, last time I asked you to do this a few months ago, a lot of you did, so thank you, but then I got all these haters coming through with one stars, just crying about everything. They're, they're the worst kind of free feed loser. They're the free feed sore loser. <laughs> they're crying about everything. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just a guy trying to, trying to convey my message, right? And I appreciate you sticking through with my voice falling apart. So anyway, okay, those are your options. Links are always in the show notes. Or you can go to allmylinks.com backslash Isaac W to find the jump off for everything I always talk about and pedal and all that stuff. All right, thanks for listening. Until next time, stay woke. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I've told you that if you want to be like the Hulkster, you got to get your prayers, training, and vitamins. Be sure to take a lot of vitamins. I mean a lot of vitamins, brother. But now, I got something else for you. Ooh, yeah. You're listening to the free feed, which means two things. You're missing out on bonus episodes, and you're listening to all those annoying commercials. Well, I got a solution, brother. You can support the Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture podcast by signing up for one of the supporter feeds where you can get Isaac's most popular books, The Dark Path and Kubrick's Code for free, brother. Also get bonus episodes every month that the free feed losers never get to hear. You've got a few options, brother, like patreon.com slash Illuminati Watcher or the Illuminati Watcher.com VIP section, dig it? Or rockfin.com slash creator slash Isaac. Ooh, you can hit the links in the show notes or just go to IlluminatiWatcher.com and hit the tab that says VIP and read about the ways you can unlock all the goods before it's too late. Yeah, brother, what you gonna do when the Illuminati run wild on you?